This is the Six Figure Creative Podcast, episode 230. Welcome to the Six Figure Creative Podcast, where our mission is to help you turn your creative passions into a stable, reliable income. If you're in audio, video, design, photography, or really any other creative field, and you just want to learn from other successful creatives, you're in the right place. Hello, and welcome to the Six Figure Creative Podcast, where we believe that it takes more than just passion in order to make a full-time living with our creative skills. If you believe that, you're in the right place if you're a new listener, because if you think that all it takes is passion, if you're passionate enough, you will succeed. I can't really help you. It takes other skills above and beyond the creative skills that you have, and it takes way more than just the passion you have. If you're a returning listener to the show, you already know this. You see the sign on the wall. It says it takes more than passion. You already agree with this. That's why you're coming back to the show. I want to first thank you for coming back. Then I want to thank you again for filling out the feedback form that we launched on the last episode, episode 229. That feedback form has been great for getting ideas, getting feedback for things that we should change, things that we should maybe adapt and move around. My goal for 2023 is to make this podcast a top 10 in our category. We have peaked at 11. We haven't cracked the top 10 yet. We kind of hover between 11 and 25. It just depends on the week or the month. And the only way we will crack that is if we improve. The show needs to get better. If you've been with us for a long time, it's gone through some massive changes over time. It's evolved over time. Not all changes have been for the best. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad, but I want to make sure 2023 is a year of evolution for this podcast in a positive way and crack that top 10 once and for all and stay there. So this forum, anyone listening right now or watching on YouTube right now, go to sixfigurecreative.com slash better, B-E-T-T-E-R, the links in our show notes as well. And on that forum, you can tell us what you want in the show, what you don't like about the show. There's just like three questions there. Do you want more interviews? Do you want less of me being on solo episodes like this? Do you want more co-hosts episodes? What do you want? personally, you, specifically you. Fill out the questions. Let us know. It's a 100% anonymous survey. Unless you put your name in there somewhere in one of the answers, we won't know who it is. And the entire point of this is to get feedback. The topic today is actually from one of the people that submitted feedback for me. So that feedback form is something I'm going to be regularly pushing because I want to have a constant pulse on our audience to know whether or not I'm going the right direction with this show. Because if you're not listening to the show, I can't help you. And if I don't know what you want, I can't help you either. I can tell you what I know you need, but also I have to shape it around what you think you need as well, because that's the reality of running a podcast. I have to attract you with what you think you want, and then I have to actually give you what you need. That's just candid honesty right there. So today's topic is an important one when it comes to making a full-time living as a creative or specifically a freelancer, who we talk to mostly on the show. It's the topic around Pricing. And if you listen to last week's show, episode 229, Raise Your Gosh Darn Rates, I wanted to try out a stupid title to see how the downloads did. The theme of that episode was Raise Your Gosh Darn Rates. That's basically it. We talked for 30, 45, 50 minutes. I don't know how long it was talking about raising your freaking rates. You need to do it. You need to charge more. Today's episode is a little different. It is about raising your rates. It's also about lowering your rates. It's about when to raise, when to lower. It's a skill that I used my entire career. And I've never really talked about it. I don't know why I haven't talked about it. It didn't even come to my mind until I was onboarding one of my coaching clients. We were just talking on a coaching call and we brought up something about Airbnb. So I'm going to talk about how Airbnb plays into this. But this pricing discussion today is about the most profitable way to price. Yeah, you can raise your rates all day long, but at a certain point, you're not going to get clients. Let's just say you charge $1,000 per client on average right now. Well, if you charged 5,000, maybe you can get some clients still. I think you probably could. What about 50,000 or 100,000 for that same service? What about a million dollars for that same service? Clearly, you're not going to close a client for a million bucks if you're usually charging a thousand. So clearly, there is a drop-off point somewhere in that pricing spectrum where you will get zero clients. So what is the most profitable way to price for your services? That's the topic of today. And if you're not doing this, which is most people that I know, if you're not doing this, you are leaving money on the table. Dynamic pricing. 
This is where Airbnb comes into play. So many industries, not just Airbnb, so many industries use dynamic pricing to find the most profitable price for the given day, week, month, year, whatever. Flights do this. That's why you can go look at a flight right now and it's 300 bucks. And then you go look for that same flight tomorrow and it's 500 bucks or 200 bucks. Same for the hotels, rental cars, ride share with surge pricing and Airbnb. There's actually sites that link to Airbnb to help you as an Airbnb host set dynamic rates for your Airbnb rental based on events happening in your city, based on basically like AI or, or machine learning algorithms that help you understand moving supply and demand. And if you aren't using dynamic pricing as a service-based provider or a freelancer or really any business, you are ignoring the basic laws of supply and demand. So if you're interested in this topic, you think this is something that could help your business, then this episode is for you. <laughs> and I'm just going to get right into it. When I don't have a co-host on here or a guest, there's like no small talk. I'm business, Brian. Like This is why the people that listen to the show probably listen is because I just go straight into it. I don't do a lot of fluff typically unless I have somebody on the show with me as a co-host and we can just talk about personal life stuff. So let's talk first about prerequisites. What kind of business models or businesses make the most sense to do dynamic pricing? Not all businesses can do this and not all businesses make sense for this. And if you're not familiar with dynamic pricing, it's just raising and lowering your rates based on supply and demand. That's it in a nutshell. Charge more when I'm in high demand, charge less when I'm in low demand. But the prerequisites are typically quote-based businesses are better set up for this, meaning you don't have public rates or public prices listed somewhere on the internet because then it gets more nuanced. The reason airlines and hotels and Uber and Airbnb can show dynamic rates is because there is a machine in the background or software in the background that is making those adjustments all along the way based on tons and tons of data around the world. So we don't have that at our disposal. We can't have someone changing our website every day or some software changing every day, although that would be cool if someone invented that based on our schedules being full or open. So the best way to do this is to be a quote-based business where your prices aren't publicly available and you can give a price based on your own supply demand curve right now. Now, the second prerequisite, this is more like a a possible prerequisite is one and done businesses. Like if you are offering recurring services on a retainer, you can't really do like this month, I'm really busy. So I'm going to charge you more this month. <laughs> retainer client who I usually charge 500 a month, but this month I'm busy. So I'm going to charge you a thousand this month. Like it doesn't really work that way. One and done projects. Like in my background, I'm from the audio industry. So music production. So when I, someone would come to me, we'd record an EP or a single or an album, or I'd mix three or four songs. And then we're done with the project. Those are like one and done projects. And those are the best setup for this sort of pricing model. But that doesn't mean you can't do it in a recurring retainer kind of model. Think about it this way. When you have retainer clients, you can only take on a handful of clients, say like three, four, five, six, depending on what you charge. Maybe you can hold 10 clients at a time, each paying you a flat monthly retainer. And at a certain point, as your spots fill up and your income goes up, you have more flexibility to then start charging more for the new people that are coming on. So you can still do dynamic pricing based on how full your roster is because you can only have a certain amount of people on your roster before you have to start hiring teams. So you can still do this for new clients coming on. So that's something to keep in mind. So it's like I said, recurring work, it's harder to do, but you still can do dynamic pricing. And the third prerequisite is you have to actually have demand for your services because this entire thing works off of supply and demand. If your calendar is always empty, then dynamic pricing is not for you. If you want your calendar to be full, I encourage you to go download my client acquisition toolkit over at sixfigurecreative.com slash toolkit. And that'll help you build your client acquisition machine up to where you are now in demand. But you need to have demand for your services and some spots in your calendar filled before we can start worrying about dynamic pricing at all. All right. So prerequisites are out of the way. You have those things in place in your business. You are ready for dynamic pricing. You're a quote-based business. You're typically a one-and-done type service. 
you actually have demand for your services. There's probably some others that I'm missing. So apologies. Every business is slightly different. So maybe there's some nuance that you kind of have to read between lines here for your own business. The first thing we need to do for you is set a baseline rate. And what I mean by baseline rate is what's the normal going rate for your services. You should already have this. Almost all of us already have this. This is how it worked with Airbnb. There was a tool that I used back when I ran my Airbnb. I think it was like beyond pricing or something like that was the one I used. This tool, you set a baseline rate. And my baseline rate was like $1,000 a night. And depending on what events were happening in the city, like CMA Fest in Nashville, is a huge festival around June every year, and the city would be swamped. And at that time, it could go up to double pricing based on the supply demand curve in our city for Airbnbs. And then the wintertime when no one wants to stay at Airbnb in Nashville, no bachelor parties or bachelorette parties are coming here, the demand would drop and the price would drop significantly from that $1,000 starting point. And it would go as low as I think three or $400 per night. So choose what is your like standard rate because this is where we will be basically factoring all quotes for your clients from this point on. Again, basic stuff, but this is just something to have in place ahead of time. I guess it's kind of like a prerequisite. Second step in moving to dynamic pricing is determining your thresholds. So you can set up rules in your business and this takes emotion out of it and puts more logic to it. So the more logic-based you are, the easier this will be. The more emotionally driven you are, the less easy this will be. But the way I did it in not only Airbnb, but also in my freelance business was basically how far in advance do you want to charge your highest rates? So for me, three months or more out on my calendar were the highest rates that I would charge. It's the same for Airbnb. Three months out or more, you're going to pay the highest rate per night for my Airbnb. Three months or more out on my calendar for my studio, you were also going to pay the highest rates. So that might be my baseline rate plus 20%, 30%, something like that. It just depends on, again, this is one of those gut feel things that you're going to find. You're you're slowly raising your baseline rate over time, at least to keep up with inflation. Because again, right now, if you're not doing at least 10% a year in increases to your rates, you're not even keeping up with inflation. Not just to keep up with inflation, but also to reflect the value that you're providing for your clients over time. You get better at your skills. You become more confident. You become better connected. You start getting better case studies from your clients. And so you need to be raising your rates over time from that. These three months and later quotes that you're sending out to clients are your testing ground for higher rates. And you're going to find out what will be your new baseline next year or the year after that. Because if you're charging, say you're on a day rate, 500 bucks per day right now, even though that's not how we really talk about pricing on the show in past episodes. If you listen to last week's episode, you know that we don't really like day rates, but I'm just using this as an easy example. If you charge 500 bucks per day as your baseline and someone wants to get a price from you three months or more from now, then you might charge $600 a day or send a quote out for $700 per day as your standard rate for that client. If you start getting more yeses on those $700 or more projects, then when it comes time for next year and you're looking at your rates and you say, well, let's try my new baseline at $700 per day. You're going to find that this is likely much easier for you to stomach because you've already closed projects at that price point. So how far in advance do you want your high rates to be? That's the threshold. Three months or more is what I did in my freelance business and my Airbnb, and that seemed to work out really well. So what we're trying to do here is just find what's the sweet spot for you where you feel comfortable enough with some openings on your calendar. So for me, it's one to three months out. I know I can probably fill any gaps in that time that didn't get filled from people that booked way in advance. So one to three months in advance was the spot for me for average rates where I would charge around my baseline price. And then what's your threshold, your cutoff point for what I call your fire sale? (laughs) My calendar is empty one month or less out. I have upcoming availability in my schedule three weeks away. Someone has come to me to fill that gap. I'm willing to take a hit on my baseline rate just to make sure I close the client. For me, that was again, a month or less out. This is the adjustments we make off of our baseline rate. 
So again, three months or more, you're going to be baseline plus 20, 30, 40, even double baseline rate. This depends on your business, how much courage you have and how much you want to test things. Then you have your average rate. That's going to be right around baseline. And that's going to be around one to three months out for some of you. For some of you, it might be different. And then you're going to find your fire sale rates from one month or less away. But there's still other adjustments that need to be made when it comes to dynamic pricing, because it's not all about the supply demand curve and your availability. It's not all about how far away the dates are. There's also what I call the PETA factor, P-I-T-A. You know what this stands for. If you don't know what it stands for, I'll tell you anyways, pain in the ass factor. I wholeheartedly believe that it's not only ethical, it should be required to charge a PETA tax, a pain in the ass tax. If a client comes to you, they either have red flags where you're like, this feels off. I'm questioning this project. I will do it, but I'm not sure this will be great. If you have that hesitation, that gut feeling, and you just genuinely can't turn them away because maybe as freelancers, as business owners, sometimes we have to take on bill paying work. It's just inevitable. When you get those projects, add a pain in the ass tax to it. Even if it's a month away and they're in your average baseline price, you can still add a pain in the ass tax fee on top of your baseline price. So one quote request might be 500 bucks a day. The other one might be 600 bucks a day to factor in the amount of pain and suffering you think you are going to go through with that client. Now, I can hear some people screaming right now. So if you don't want to do that, that is fine. But in the perfect world, you would just turn these projects down. I'm telling you, we don't live in a world of black and white. We live in a world of shades of gray. And in this shades of gray area, which is the PETA tax, I'm okay with charging a PETA tax for clients because it's going to take a toll on your soul and you need to be compensated for that. Not all clients are created equal. And I would rather charge a PETA tax than to raise my rates overall and have to make my good clients make up for those bad clients. Little side note there. There's also like last minute projects. Sometimes the last minute projects from your clients, those are the biggest pitas. They are ill-prepared. They probably had something fall out from under them from another service provider and they're scrambling last minute. If that's not the case, they poorly planned and they're going to be panicked trying to get things done last minute. And so even if you have a scheduling opening, and this client comes to you with like a last minute project, there's a reason airlines charge the absolute most you could possibly pay for a flight like the day of. The day of and tomorrow's flights are the highest charging flights because they know they can get away with it because those people are most desperate to get the flights. In our world, if someone comes to you as desperate for the project in a very specific timeline, last minute, it's going to be hard on you and you need to charge according for that. So to me, again, last minute projects can actually be some of the highest rates, even though it completely ignores supply demand. And then there's also like, there's just some clients that just don't really match your norm. If you've been doing this for a while, especially if you've broken six figures and you have your stuff figured out, there are certain clients that just don't really match your vibe. There's something that's slightly different about it. Like a project you're like, I would do this. It seems cool, but it's not something I would typically do. It's outside of the norm. And in these cases, it's almost always going to take you longer going to be more work, going to take you outside of your normal systems and things that you do with clients and stress the project out. So in those cases, I typically want to charge more for those projects. And they're typically not as, they can be fun. I take it back. But this is an area to look at, not always, but look at charging a PETA tax. Even though it's not necessarily pain in the ass clients, the projects can still be pains in the ass. So that's another area of looking at the PETA tax as how we do dynamic pricing. And again, this is a great area. I fully expect to hear feedback from our listeners saying how displeased they are that I would recommend that. In the real world, not every client is equal and not every client should be charged equally. I'm sorry. And then finally, as you're doing the higher rates for last minute projects and pain in the ass clients, when you're playing around with these rates, I want you to test and track the results because if you do not do this part, you don't know if you've actually maximized your results. So the thing I look for and the number I track with all my clients and myself is what is my average annual client value? 
This is an easy stat to track because all you need to do is look back over a certain time horizon. It could be a month. It could be six months. It could be a year. You look back over that time frame and say, how many clients did I work with over this period? If you don't have any good systems in place, you can look on your calendar and look how many clients you worked with. If you have good systems in place, you can check your CRM. Your CRM will usually tell you how many clients you've worked with over that period. So look at your total clients over that period. And then look at your total income over that period. So if you made $100,000 in a year and you worked with 20 clients, that average annual client value is $5,000 because 100,000 divided by 20 is 5,000. That's the stat you want to track. And you want to track this over a longer period of time, like six to 12 months to see if that number is trending up compared to before you started doing dynamic pricing. If it's not, there's likely something wrong here. And even if you just listen to this episode and your takeaway is I want to do dynamic pricing. I don't feel like doing what Brian said about thresholds and timing and PETA tax. I just want to test pricing based on my gut. I just want to use gut and emotion or whatever to drive me for my pricing. Not a great idea, but go forth and Godspeed do that as long as you track this metric. This metric is one of the holy grail metrics in a freelance business. What is your average annual client value? Really important metric. It's not hard to track, which is why I have people track this, but this can help you understand whether or not dynamic pricing is working in your business or it's hurting your business. Now, if you are a software developer and you want to develop something where you can have public rates and dynamic pricing, contact me, we can chat, but otherwise stick to quote-based pricing, find your baseline, and then price based on your own supply and demand. How booked up are you? How comfortable are you with raising your rates for these other projects? And how far do you want to drop in order to fill last minute gaps called your fire sale rates? I will say this, you probably have some hesitations, objections is a word I would use here. My sales brain says that of doing this because of a few scenarios and these scenarios can be different for all of you. What's the scenario for my repeat clients? Are they going to get a different price from me? Short answer is yes, they will get a different price from you. Maybe they got a quote six months ago for 500 a day. And they're getting a quote today for 700 a day. It is okay to quote your clients higher prices. First of all, they need to respect that you are improving, growing, and getting better as a freelancer. And they need to understand that your own supply of time is hopefully shrinking and your demand is growing, which means you should always be raising your rates as long as those two things are happening. Your demand is increasing, your supply of time is decreasing, and there's elite equilibrium somewhere where your price lives in the perfect sweet spot. And dynamic pricing is what we do to find that sweet spot. This is more art than science when it comes to finding that sweet spot. The second objection I hear is, what if someone hears that they got charged different from another client, which is a real thing that could happen. And in which case, if a client comes to you and says, why did you charge this client 500 a day and you charge me 750 a day? That doesn't seem right. You can literally tell them, Brian at Six Figure Creative told me to do it. Go complain to him. And I will take full blame for that. In all seriousness, a good answer for that is, listen, I price my projects based on how much demand for my time there is. And so when I'm really booked up, I have to charge more because I don't have any free time. And then sometimes I have a really thin gap in my calendar where I just don't have any projects to fill the gap and I have to lower my rates in order to fill those gaps. So your friend got one of those lower thin rates because he came to me a slow time of year. You got the higher rate because you came to me during a really busy season. It sucks, but this is how airlines do it. This is how hotels do it. This is just how I have to run my business in order to make a living. If they don't understand that and you say it in that kind of tone or demeanor, you can't make everyone happy. If I have to make one person unhappy because I want to maximize my business, then I'm willing to do it. But I feel like it's reasonable enough where they shouldn't be unhappy and it's on them if they're not happy. Again, it's your business. Like you don't have to do this, by the way. Like if you don't love this advice, if this doesn't resonate with you and you just want to have a set standard rate and you put your rates out in the beginning of the year and you charge everyone equally, that is your business. You can do it how you want. 
But if you're trying to maximize your business and give yourself a pay raise, which I think you deserve as a creative, especially if this is your full-time job, especially if you have a family to support and you have inflation eating away at your profits every year and you are not doing the most you can to increase your rates, I think you deserve this. And this is a easy pay increase for yourself where you don't have to go to a boss and ask for a pay increase. You don't have to go to, back to college in order to qualify for a better paying job to give yourself a pay increase. This is something you can go implement and start doing immediately to give yourself a pay increase. So I don't have any problem with it. But if you have a problem with it, I'm fine with that. Final thoughts here is if you don't have demand for your time, like I said before, that's the first step to making this entire thing work. If your calendar's not getting booked up so that you can experiment with the pricing. So again, if you want that client acquisition toolkit, go to sixfigurecreative.com slash toolkit. And that toolkit will give you a lot of the different pieces that you need in order to build a successful client acquisition machine. And a machine, that means you know what inputs need to go into it in order to get the outputs that you need. How many inputs to get the clients that you need. That toolkit, 100% free. Go get it now. So that's it for this episode. If you are a first-time listener, thanks for checking the show out. If you're a returning listener, thanks for coming back. And I'll see you all next week. Bye.